Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Wilkin and Gutton Plan podcast. Today is November 14th, 2022. Today, we're going to be talking about the adoption and implementation of the new lease standard ASC 842 for non-public gap reporting entities. I'm Chris Frederick, a partner at the firm, and joining me today is Rob Starring, a manager with the firm that oversees quite a bit of our test work. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I, I can't believe the time is finally here when we're actually going to implement this lease standard after what feels like years of kicking the can down the line. I think you kind of will touch on it more, but we're worried about our clients being prepared for this type of transition where, you know, there's definitely going to be some moving parts on the balance sheet. Yeah, totally agree with you. You know, I, I feel like we've been having these conversations waiting for the standard to be implemented for a number of years. It's gotten delayed a few times, but here we are. It's time to implement. The year ends right around the corner. So now's the time to really make sure that everything's in place so that it's a nice smooth year-end transition. Yeah, so maybe we'll start with a recap on how everyone's been doing it for since I've been counting and since you've been public accounting. Essentially, you know, our operating leases now, so if you have a building lease, a vehicle lease, has been treated as an operating lease for straight lining rent expense. And for those who have audited, reviewed financial statements, see a note for commitments that would outline the future minimum payments they'd be making over the next five years and then thereafter column as well. So um, that's really the only place this has ever shown up. So start dealing with adoption, it's going to change drastically. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and I think to that point, the concern has always been that these financial statements have always existed with these footnotes that disclose the future payments. But by the time you got back to page 10, 12, 15 in the footnotes, you kind of lose sight of what these future payments mean. And so I think the new standard, which gets essentially the current value, right, of all those future lease payments on the face of the balance sheet, along with an asset to show the benefit you'll be getting by being in your rented space, like you said, or having access to that rented vehicle or piece of machinery. You know, I think having it on the balance sheet right makes a lot of sense thinking about it logically because this is a true liability you've signed up for it in the past the liability was kind of tucked in the back in a footnote now it's more directly in in your face yeah it's simplicity for the reader you're going to notice it and i think that's whenever they make these changes it always typically seems to be for the benefit of the reader of the financial statement so they don't have to search some of these financials could be 100 pages long, you know, having to go look for a commitment note to see what they actually have as a right to use asset versus the liability of it. Yeah, for sure. Practically, I think it makes a lot of sense, right? I think implementation isn't necessarily super complicated. The general calculation flows in line with maybe what the straight line effect used to be, right? It's not like there's going to be any major P&L hit in the year of implementation, right? One thing I'm certainly nervous about is what are all the readers of these financial statements, whether it's investors, potential future investors, current bankers, customers sometimes right, get copies of financial statements, they're going to look quite different than how they did last year. And so what does that mean? And how can we make sure that our clients are prepared and maybe even have those conversations now rather than four or five months from now when financial statements are being issued? Yeah. So post-adoption, let's kind of get into what the balance sheet will look like and how it will be different than last year's. Post-adoption of this standard, if you had a 30-year lease with $5,000 monthly payments, you're going to be adding about $1.8 million to both your assets and your liabilities. With that adoption, you know, you're going to see your current liability sitting there at about $60,000 and then the remainder in a long-term liability. And then you'll have a right-to-use asset for the same amount, essentially, as the liability. So the asset and the liability are always going to equal, but we're going to be inflating the balance sheet quite a bit 
Yeah, you know, and, and I know thinking about some of my clients, listen, having a conversation with investors, I think is pretty simple and straightforward. This is an accounting change, there's no impact to the PL. It's it's easy to maybe understand, especially if you're experienced looking at financial statements. I think we're are gonna run into some troubles and our clients maybe are gonna run into some troubles is when it comes to compliance with debt covenants. And to me, the problem is these debt covenants have been written into the debt agreements that were signed two, three, five, ten years ago. Right. Yeah. And now we're laying on this new standard on top of those old debt covenants. And so, you know, I know that some of our clients that are service organizations, which have some tangible net worth ratios, which they've always kind of relied on their AR to exceed their AP, which is really all that they've ever had. And so it was never a real problem to hit these tangible net worth covenants. The trouble here is this is an intangible asset. And so you have the intangible asset gets excluded from your tangible net worth calculation, but you still have the impact of, uh, of the liability. And so because of this accounting change, I, I'm expecting to see some folks start to fail some covenants that maybe they would have never had in the past and, and maybe wouldn't if they didn't implement this new required accounting standard. Yeah, we're definitely, as we go through the transition process, the biggest thing I think I've told all my clients is read your debt agreements and start talking to your bankers. The banks have dealt with this with public companies in the past, so they should be aware of the change coming, but you're going to want to get ahead of this situation as opposed to violating a debt covenant. The stuff that I've seen personally kind of have to do with your current ratio. So obviously, like you said, with the asset not being current, and then you're adding a current liability could skew your current ratio. Um, and then some debt agreements I've seen you could have a covenant looking at total liabilities over revenue or net income. And in this situation, revenue and net income is supposed to have no impact. So there's definite potential ramifications for these debt covenants that were based on prior year accounting standards, not taking into account um, what we're dealing with now. Yeah. And you know, I think you hit it, right? It's let's have these conversations, have our clients have these conversations now with the readers of the financial statements. So that way they're ready and understand the changes that are coming, right? Because there's no choice. This standard has to be implemented. You can't say, oh, well, for consistency's sake, I'm not going to implement it, right? That ship has sailed. This is all going to have to be implemented now. And I think to your point, having the conversations now as we get into the year end, or even just after the year end, you know, once once this effect is quantified, maybe better, it puts you in a better spot to be proactive. The conversations are always the toughest. We've all had clients or we've all seen debt covenants not pass. And you never want the bank to be the one to call you and say, hey, you're failing your debt covenants, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's about the worst case scenario even if it's just for an accounting change. And so I yeah. think having the conversations now go a long way. Yeah, the sooner you can get in front of this, um, obviously we have about a month and a half until year end and things pick up. I know at the firm, we're looking at all of our clients' leases now. We're looking to you know use of technology to help with the adoption of this. The biggest impact is just going to be this first year. And then it's just going to be a recurring entry you know, every month that you're just lowering your asset and your liability, unless you have something like like a lease modification or you obtain a new lease. Um, but the big lift is really going to come in the next few months. And then it's just going to be standard status quo, which uh, we always like as accountants. So that's right. No, nothing better than Sally, right? Same as last <laughs> yeah. year. And so, you know, I think, I think to your point, you know, getting through the implementation will be the biggest hurdle. Having these conversations for the first time this year with the readers of the financial statement is what it's really about getting into. Well, Rob, listen, thanks for joining us today. Certainly, now that we're here at the end of 2022 and we're implementing the standard, it's, it's going to be a bit of an exciting time you know, getting this going. Certainly, this is a lot of great information. Appreciate the time and looking forward to continuing these conversations in the future. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me.